Shabbat Shalom, my beloved brethren. Blessings to every one of you here present. Praise are unto our almighty Yahuwah and Yahusha for granting us this opportunity to gather here to commemorate this Sabbath day and render worship and praise in his holy name. My beloved brethren, our lesson today is, as you can see on the screen, about the sixth commandment. And the sixth commandment says, you must not murder. But before we start the lesson, I would like to analyze this topic a little bit. When we look at the crime rates in the world, we see that more than 400,000 people die from homicide each year. Less than 1% of the global deaths are from homicide, but it is as high as 10% in some countries. Homicide rates vary widely across the world. In the most violent countries, rates are more than 50%, 50 times higher. Unequal rights and deprivation is a significant contributor to the increasing crime rates. People resort to notorious activities when deprived of their fundamental rights since that impedes their means to obtain a livelihood conventionally and honestly. The world's youngest killer was seven years old. He murdered three people, including family members, by the time he was eight years old. Unfortunately, people spend a lot of money on their education but seldom find a good job immediately after completing their studies. And most youngsters destroy their careers when they engage in criminal activities very early on in their lives, which is the primary reason for the increased crime rates every day. The causes of crime are complex, poverty, parental neglect, low self-esteem, and alcohol and drug abuse are why people break the law. Some are greater, some are at greater risk of becoming offenders because of the circumstances in which they are born. High poverty levels and unemployment tend to inflate a country's crime rate. To help children better understand our world and religion's role in people's life, parents should encourage their children to attend religious and Bible courses following sound Christian and constitutional values. In 1781, the United States Congress approved using Bibles 
in public schools. Back in those early years, Bibles were classroom textbooks. However, mental deterioration, lack of understanding, and tolerance for one another started to decline in 1962. In that year, the same Supreme Court held that the Establishment Clause prohibited the recitation of school-sponsored prayer in public schools, coupled with the fact that 59 years ago, on June 17, 1963, the same Supreme Court declared school-sponsored prayer and Bible readings unconstitutional. Since then, children have been learning everything, but not what's written in the Bible about the commandments and teachings of Yahuwah, our God. But today, we are continuing our lessons on the Ten Commandments, and our topic today is, like I already said, is the Sixth Commandment of Yahuwah Allahim. To start our lesson, our first question for today is, what is the Sixth Commandment of Yahuwah Allahim? The answer to this question is found in the book of Exodus, chapter 20, verse 13. And as we can see, you must not murder. So what is the sixth commandment of Yahuwah Allahim? The sixth commandment of Yahuwah Allahim clearly say that we must not murder. Murder is an evil sin that will be punished severely by Yahuwah. How evil is this sin? In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 27, verse 24, down to 25, it is written, God's curse on anyone who secretly commits murder. And all the people will answer, Amen. God's curse on anyone who accepts money to murder an innocent person. And all the people will answer, Amen. So how evil is this sin? Murder is a sin that brings God's curse on the murderer. Sometimes people think they can get away with murder because they were able to conceal it. But nothing happened. Nothing that happens in this world is hidden from God. What will happen to those who murder or have a part in the murder? Those who murder or have a part in committing murder will incur the wrath and curse of Yahuwah God. Who was the first to commit murder? And what was the curse? The answer is found in the book of Genesis chapter 4, verse 8 and verse 11 down to 13. One day, Cain suggested to his brother, let's go out into the fields. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother, Abel, 
and killed him. No, you are cursed and banished from the ground, which has swallowed your brother's blood. No longer will the ground yield good crops for you. No matter how hard you work, from now on, you will be a homeless wanderer on the earth. Cain replied to Yahuwah, my punishment is too great for me to bear. So who was the first to commit murder? And what was the, what was the curse? The first to commit murder was Cain, who murdered his brother Abel. And he did this in secret under the pretense of inviting him out into the field. But who confronted him about it? Yahuwah God himself confronted him about his act. And what happened to him? Cain was cursed and banished from the ground. What else was also a consequence of the curse? A consequence of the curse was that no matter how hard he worked, the ground will not yield any good crops for him. So what did Cain say? Cain said, my punishment is too great for me to bear. Committing murder will put one under the curse of Yahuwah. And no matter where you go to hide or dust, you will never find peace. What is in store for murderers? The answer to this question is found in the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verse 8. But cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshippers, and all liars, their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. So what is in store for murderers? The fate of murderers is the second death. And what is the second death? The second death is punishment in the lake of fire. And the lake of fire is a lake of burning sulfur. The lake of fire is not only for murderers, but also the cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshippers, and liars will end up there. So looking at what's happening in the world and the direction things are going in today, unless a miracle occurs, it will be jam-packed in the lake of fire. So what should we do for us not to commit murder? To avoid murder, we should guard ourselves against what leads to murder. First, we must obey Yahuwah's commandment never to commit murder. What led Cain to murder his brother Abel? 
The answer we find, we find in the book of Genesis chapter four, verse four down to seven. When Abel brought the first lamb, born to one of his sheep, killed it and gave the best part of it as an offering, Yahuwah was pleased with Abel and his offering. But he, he rejected Cain and his offering. Cain became furious and he scolded in anger. Then Yahuwah said to Cain, why are you angry? Why that scowl on your face? If you had done the right thing, you would be smiling. But because you have done evil, sin is crouching at your door. It, won't, it wants to rule you, but you must overcome it. So what led Cain to murder his brother Abel? Cain became furious with envy and became angry because he had done evil. Why was he angry? Cain became angry because Yahuwah did not accept his sacrifice, but rejected it. While Yahuwah was pleased with his brother's sacrifice. What does the consequence of anger do to you? The consequence of anger will cause you to open the door to sin. And once this door is open, sin will enter and rule over you. So what must we do to control our anger? To control our anger, we must overcome it because rage can easily lead us to commit murder. Does it mean it is wrong to feel anger? There's nothing wrong with feeling anger. Feeling anger is a human response. However, we should not leave this anger take control over us. Because if it does, it will consume us with uncontrollable rage. And this rage might end up causing us to do what we will regret later. My beloved brethren, the remaining part of this lesson will be, will be brought to you by our beloved brother, Brother John. Yahuwah bless you all. A happy Sabbath day to everyone, brothers and sisters. We're talking today about the sixth commandment, which is do not murder. We know that murder is a great sin against society, against humanity in general, but it is also a great sin against the creator of all human beings, Yahuwah Abba himself. We need to understand the value and sanctity of every person because every person contains the image of Yahuwah Abba himself. This is why we need to value human life, not to dehumanize people, not to treat them as though they were things and objects, but they are living beings, living souls created in the image of Abba. This is why murdering someone is such a great offense against our loving father, Yahuwah. We also know 
that what often precedes murder is anger. And so what must we do so that we can control our anger? Let's read the book of Ephesians 4, 26 to 27. If you become angry, do not let your anger lead you into sin. And do not stay angry all day. Don't give the devil a chance. What must we do? When we are angry, Bible says, don't let your anger lead you into sin. Because we all know when a person is angry, a person can say things and do things that he or she did not mean, right? This is why when we are angry, we are reminded we must not let our anger lead us into sin. Raise your hands. How many here get easily annoyed and angry? There's a thing called road rage right now. You have a gentle person, maybe 5'2", driving in a car. And if she, or if she gets cut off, that person turns into a hulk or maybe a she-hulk. They become a different person. People become different when overtaken by anger. Anger is a big problem in our society today. However, is it wrong to feel anger? It's really not. It's not a sin, a sin per se to feel angry, but what you do with your anger can lead us to sin. This is why Apostle Paul is telling us, do not let your anger lead you to sin. Why not? Because if we let anger lead us to sin, we create the opportunity for the devil to ruin our life and to ruin the lives of other people. This is why we must overcome anger instead of letting anger overcome us. Well, how can we do that? Well, we first need to be aware of who we are. We need to be aware of our anger. If we know we have anger issues, there's nothing wrong with seeking professional help about your anger issues. However, the best way to overcome anger is by going to Yahuwah with your emotions. This is why when you read the book of Psalms, you can kind of sense the anger of David. He was venting out to Yahuwah. And so when we feel angry all the time, the best thing we can do to release that anger so that we don't lead to sin is to acknowledge the anger, go to Yahuwah and ask Yahuwah, Father, this is what I feel right now. May you help me to overcome this anger. This is why one of the best cures to anger is when you read the book of Psalms 37. I want you to do that tonight. If you feel you have anger issues, read the book of Psalms chapter 37, because it tells us Yahuwah is instructing us, do not fret, do not become anger. Instead, trust in Yahuwah and find your happiness in him. And so when we seek happiness in Yahuwah, when we place our trust in Yahuwah, that he's in control of all things and he knows all things, that is the beginning of the dissipation of anger. Now, one might say, well, I don't have any anger issues. And even if I am angry, I will never kill anyone. So I'm not in danger of violating the sixth command, do not murder. However, what is the equivalent of murder? Let's read the book of 1 John 3, 12, and 15. We must not be like Cain. He belonged to the evil one and murdered his own brother Abel. Why did Cain murder him? Because the things he himself did were wrong and the things his brother did were right. Those who hate others are murderers. And you know that murderers do not have eternal life 
in them. What is the equivalent of murder when you hate someone, when you hate your brother and sister in the faith, even if you have not physically killed anyone? What does the Bible call a person who hates? A murderer. And no murderer has eternal life in them. You see, that's how powerful hate is. And so what Apostle John is doing here is he's contrasting, right, love and hate. Both are powerful emotions because both enable you to do things either in ways that are adaptive or maladaptive. This is why the Bible tells us we must not hate because when we hate, it destroys us. Hate and love are powerful. Love is what we need to choose. This is why we cannot say I'm not guilty of breaking the sixth commandment because I've never actually killed anyone. When you hate someone, that is the equivalent of murder. What also is the equivalent of murder? What also is the equivalent of breaking the sixth commandment? Let's turn now to the teaching of our King Yahushua. In the book of Matthew 5, 21 to 22, you have heard that our ancestors were told, you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, do you get that? If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought to, before the court. And if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell. There are people who say our King Yahushua uh, abolished the Ten Commandments. That is not true. Read Matthew chapter 5, because Matthew chapter 5 tells us our King Yahushua himself saying he did not come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill it and to teach us how to fulfill the Ten Commandments. You see, for many people, they're satisfied with the the letter of the law. Do not murder. Okay. I'm not going to kill anyone. I'm not guilty of that sin. But our King Yahushua, he taught us about the commandments of Yahuwah. And he's teaching us, do not just follow the letter of the law. Follow the purpose, the spirit of the law. And so he elevated the Ten Commandments. And this is an example he gave. The Bible says, do not murder. Yahushua says, do not even be angry with anyone. Do not even curse anyone. Do not call a person an idiot. How often and how many times, if we kind of go back in our life, how often have we called someone an idiot before? Have we ever done that before? Have we ever cursed someone before? And so our King Yahushua is telling us, we just committed murder. We just broke the sixth commandment. Just to think ill of someone because of your hatred, that's already breaking the sixth commandment. We need to repent for that. You get that? We need to go to Yahuwah in our meditation. We need to go to our King Yahushua in our meditation. We need to repent because we just committed murder in the eyes of Yahuwah Abba. And so we must be wary with what we say, what we think, when it's filled with anger, mixed with hate, because the equivalent is already to commit murder and we are in danger of the fires of hell. And so we need to be aware of what we think and what we say concerning 
our fellow human beings. However, our King Yahushua takes it even higher. Yahushua tells us, do not curse, do not be angry with anyone, do not hate anyone, but he takes it even higher. What else does he say? In the book of Matthew 5, 43 to 45, you have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. And that way you will be acting as true children of your father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. How else did our king Yahushua elevate, made glorious the commandment of Elohim? Bible says, do not murder, right? You know, to our king Yahushua, the spirit of every command is for us to kind of elevate, to make it glorious. We need to follow what Yahuwah wants us to do instead. Because when Yahuwah tells us, do not do this, it also means there's something he wants us to do. When Yahuwah says, do not murder, do not hate, what must we do instead? Our King Yahushua tells us we need to love. And so when we look at the spirit of the command, do not murder. At the very essence, at the very heart of that command, it's the command. Love your brother or sister. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. But he takes it even higher. Even if your neighbor persecutes you and hates you, what are we supposed to do? Bible says we are to pray for them. We are to love even our enemies. And when we think about that statement, that's pretty hard to do, isn't it? It's not ordinary love. It's not love that is followed by pagans. And pagans also understand the concept of love. But for pagans, according to our King Yahushua, they only love those who do good to them. But they are unable to love those who persecute and do bad to them. But our King Yahushua says, you have to be different. Remember what Yahushua said? You need to love each other, love others the same way I loved you. That's the commandment our King Yahushua is teaching us. He's taking it to the highest level. The highest level is to love even those who hate us. What does that mean? We pray for them. Who's the greatest example of this? Yahushua himself. What did the people do against him? Despite the fact he did what was good, preached the truth, and healed the sick. What did they do to him? They put him on the cross and killed him. Made him suffer immensely. Yet on the cross, what did our King Yahushua say? He prayed to the Father and said to the Father, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Brothers and sisters, I'm sure many of us can think of people who have done wrong against us. And the human nature in us wants us to do wrong against them, right? But our King Yahushua says, reach within, ask for the gift of the Spirit, so that we can do what only a son and daughter of Abba can do. What is that? To forgive, to love, and pray for those who have done wrong against us. It's not easy. But when we are able to do it, that's when we can say we have matured in our faith. We often pray, Father, bless us with faith. 
Give us mature faith. Mature faith is this. When we are able to love even the unlovable, to love even those who persecute us, because that is what our King Yahusha has done. And when we practice true love that was taught to us by our King, what shall we experience? Let's read the final passage of our studies today in the book of 1 John 4, 11 and 13 and 16. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, God lives in us. And his love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. We know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. God is love and all who live in love, live in God. God lives in them. What shall we experience if we practice love, which includes loving even our own enemies? Bible says God will live in us. His spirit will be in us. Brothers and sisters, perhaps there's someone in our minds, in our hearts, that is bringing anger and bitterness and hatred in ourself, in our minds. It's time to forgive this person. It's time to go to Yahuwah and say to him, Father, I know that this person has done wrong against me. Help me to forgive this person. Why do we need to do that? Because if we don't forgive this person, this person has put you in a prison. It's you who are suffering. Because when hate and bitterness and anger lingers within, you know what that does? It destroys you mentally, physically. And most of all, it keeps the spirit from dwelling in us. But once we are able to forgive, once we pray for our enemy sincerely from our heart and truly mean it, you know what begins to happen? Yahuwah's spirit will be in us. And Yahuwah himself will be in our life. Brother, I wish, I wish I can forgive and forget. I wish I can pray for those who even hate me. But I'm only human. Yes, it's true. We're only human beings. We're only flesh and blood. It is impossible by human strength alone to love even our enemies. But who can help us? It is our Father in heaven. It is our King, Yahushua. And so let us ask for their help. What can help us be able to do this? Let us remember what Yahuwah has done for us. You know, if there's someone who should be really, really angry because of repeated sin and stubbornness of heart, who should it be? If there's someone who truly should be angry, filled with wrath because of his holiness, who should it be? It should be our father. But then when he looked at us, what became predominant within him was love. This is why the Bible says God is love. That is so true. Yes, God is holy. Because of his holiness, he is angry with sin. 
but he is also love. Yes, we deserve his anger. Yes, we deserve his wrath, but because of love. He said, I'm going to do something to help you anyways. And what did he do? He gave up his own son. He gave up his begotten son whom he loves so that our sins can be forgiven. Yahuwah wants us to follow that spirit. It's the spirit of love, not ordinary love, but love that comes from Yahuwah. Yahuwah gave this to us in the form of his son dying on the cross. What does he want us to do now? He wants us to express that love. Because the more we express that love, Yahuwah was able to express his love in our own life. And when we have that, the spirit within us that comes from him will give us joy, will give us peace. And we will be able to become mature sons and daughters of Abba. Let us stand, brethren, and we shall pray together. Everlasting Father, Abba. Yahuwah, you are good and kind. Your love is unfailing, incomprehensible because of its depth. You are holy. Holy are you, Yahuwah, Allahim. Because of that, we deserve your wrath and punishment. Yet while we were sinners, while we were your enemies, you chose because of your love, you gave up your son that we can be forgiven. We know, Father, this is what you want to teach us. As human beings, we're often influenced by our flesh. Flesh that seeks revenge. Flesh that seeks ill against enemies. Flesh that is easily overtaken Oh, loving Father, help us to overcome the flesh, to live according to your spirit. We know you have given us this precious command. Do not murder. Help us to fulfill this in its true purpose, to love one another, to pray even for our enemies. Father, we ask you, bless your people throughout the world. May you allow us to receive your spirit that we can do and fulfill your will. By ourselves, it is impossible. What you require from us, it all can only be done when your spirit is in us. We beg you, please manifest yourself. We will do our best to love each other, to love and pray for our enemies. But we can only do so much when you see us seeking you. When you see us finding refuge in you, trusting in you, and making our happiness in you, please send your spirit and comforting presence. Our King Yahushua, you are the living embodiment of the love that you taught us. You have instructed us to love each other the same way that you love us. Help us to find joy in your love that we might be inspired to follow your example. Help us to be like you in our hearts, and our minds, that we will always grow and grow and become mature in faith and reach the perfection in love. Father, please bless your people throughout the world, those who are crying out to you, those who are afflicted by poverty. More and more people are lacking 
the things that they need in life. Father, please provide for them. Give them what they need. Those who are afflicted with sickness, heal them all, loving Abba. Heal your people. But most of all, give us strength and faith that will give us the opportunity and the capability to finish our race. Father, we know the end is at hand, which for us is a new beginning, everlasting life, renewal in our bodies. Father, thank you for listening to our prayers. We ask and beg everything in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahusha HaMashiach. Amen. Let's praise our Father Yahweh and His Son. unfailing love and tender mercies overshadow us. The memory and peace of Yahusha HaMashiach strengthen us and the constant companionship of the Ruach Kadash be with all of us now and forevermore. Amen.